Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center at Texas A&M University. I'm Haley Reeder, Communications Specialist. Today is Wednesday, September 23rd, 2020. Happy fall, everyone. On this day in 1867, folklorist John Avery Lomax was born in Goodman, Mississippi. Two years later, his family moved to Bosque County in Texas. While living along a branch of the Chisholm Trail, Lomax heard many cowboy ballads and other folk songs. In his late teenage years, he began to write some of them down. In 1906, he received a scholarship to Harvard University, where he was encouraged to undertake the systemic collection of Western ballads. He helped collect folk songs such as The Old Chisholm Trail, Get Along Little Dogies, Buffalo Skinners, Home on the Range, and more. Lomax's first collection, Cowboy Songs and Other Frontier Ballads, was published in 1910. He went on to have a long and brilliant career as a collector of American folk songs and encouraged the musical talents of Huddy Ledbetter and others. Now on to today's podcast. For the most part, Texas can still boast about staying ahead of the country as a whole in housing affordability. But for the Austin Metro, housing affordability has been a growing problem for more than a decade. Financing, regulatory, or policy limitations can make developing affordable housing projects in Austin challenging. However, numerous federal government programs have been created to address the problem, employing a variety of subsidies and incentives. Real Estate Center research economist Dr. Harold Hunt and research intern Claire Losey showcased one such program's effect in a portion of Austin in their latest article called Keep Austin Affordable, Tax Credits Program's Impact on Travis County Housing. We included a link to the article on our podcast webpage. Dr. Hunt took a moment to join us on today's podcast to share his insights on how the program has impacted the county's supply of affordable housing. Thanks for being here. Oh, good to be here. Historically, how has housing affordability looked in the Austin Round Rock Metro, specifically Travis County? You know, it's interesting you ask that because if you look back at 2011, for example, the median home sold through the MLS in Travis County was about $218,000. And today, the median is about 430000 Wow. So that's a 97% increase, almost double. Yeah. But then if you look at incomes, the median income has only gone up about 55%, so basically half of what the house price has gone up. So that, you know, affordability has just gotten tougher because incomes haven't kept up with the increased price of housing. Now, lower interest rates helped a bit, but when you get into the lower incomes, uh, sometimes a lot of those people don't qualify for the lowest interest rates uh, anyway. What is the Low Income Housing Tax Credit, or LIHTC, program? How does it work? Well, that's a long story, but, but I'm going to try to give you the highlights. Mm-hmm. Okay, the program was funded by the U.S. Treasury, and it's overseen by the Internal Revenue Service. But it's administered at the state level, and here in Texas, that's uh, Texas Department of Housing and Community Affairs. 
And so nonprofit and for-profit developers get to apply for these federal tax credits. And the amount of credits that each state gets depends on their population. Investors look to reduce their tax liability, so they purchase these credits in exchange for equity in affordable housing projects. And the developments don't have to be apartments, multifamily apartments, but generally they are. Uh, The projects offer units to qualified low-income residents uh, at below market rents, and the units don't have to be 100% below market. They can have some market rate units, but if you look at who's won the credits in the past, generally most of them are all low income, below market rent units. Uh, Tax credits can be for new construction or they can be for rehab uh, of an old property. And the projects have to offer these below market rents for at least 30 years. But in the application process, you would actually get extra points if you agree to keep them longer than that in the uh, in the program. How has the LIHTC program impacted Travis County? Well, the program started back in 1986, and since then it's put out about 16,000 affordable multifamily units. And so, you know, it's a pretty good number. Nearly half of the new projects, though, have been created since 2013. So Mm -hmm. we've seen quite an increase in new construction in the last uh, seven, eight years. And they're not all in poor areas. If uh, if you look at the article and you look at the map, you can see that uh, more than 20% of the census tracts where these units are located are actually in tracts that have a median income it's higher than the average median income of the county. So they're spread out fairly well. Most of them on the east side of uh, I-35, but still the dispersion's pretty good. Mm -hmm. What affordability hurdles does the area face in the future? Well, to me, there's two big ones. I would say one is uh, to keep the funding coming from the federal government because, you know, these programs just depend on federal funding so heavily. And if for some reason Congress should back off on that, that would be a big deal. And the second one is land cost. I mean, you look at Travis County, the price of land continues to go up, and it's really hard to do affordable housing projects if you're trying to do it on very expensive land. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. Sure. Thank you. Thanks again, Harold. You can read his and Claire's article by clicking the link on our podcast webpage or in the YouTube description box. Earlier this year, Harold and Claire explained how to use the Center's two Texas Housing Affordability Indexes. Click the link below to learn more about one of the most valuable tools in a housing professional's toolbox. For more Austin multifamily data, check out the Center's latest Texas Quarterly Apartment Report. This report helps discern apartment real estate trends in Texas' four major metros. Read it for free by clicking the link below. For even more from the Real Estate Center, check out our research library. It includes a wide variety of economic reports and research articles. Our latest topics include equitable subrogation, iBuyers, post-COVID-19 recovery, 
how deaths affect a real estate transaction, and more. We included a link to the research library on our podcast webpage. That's going to be it for today's podcast. If you want more from the Real Estate Center, head to our website. That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. You can also check out the Center's News Talk Texas database, which is updated daily with the biggest headlines in Texas real estate. You can also subscribe to Recon, our bi-weekly newsletter, to get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Real Estate Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone, brought to you by the Real Estate Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1970. This is Haley Reeder, and I'll see you next time. Bye.